listening to the Nerds Assemble podcast. to episode 298 of the Nerd Assemble podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Paul. And I'm Retroid, that bloke, that one. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like this is a checking in of uh, We're Still Alive episode. Well, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's, it's been a hot been, minute. I would like to say this is a month. triumph. <laughs> I'm making Between a note confli- here. Huge success. <laughs> Huge success. <laughs> Huge success. Between <laughs> conflicting schedules Illness, stress, fantastic times. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, so <laughs> What's what, that? I don't know, but I just want to point out, a lot's happened since we were last on. You had stuff like flipping that dude that owns that car company that he keeps trying to mess the shares up of trying to buy Twitter. Uh, it's how I'm trying not to say names. Oh, right, okay. The billionaire bloke who seems to um, want to buy things like a cat once in or out of a door. Yeah. <laughs> With the, I'll like buy that. the thing. No, wait, I'm on hold. No, no, I don't want but, to but, anymore. But, but, but I'm the only going thing to... is, though, is that the, the, the owner, in air quotes here, is like the SEC, who, who like, are trying to corral the cat. Um, we've had flipping the uh, Nufetes uh, uh, market. The what? Uh, well, not enough to take so much. The nuffs market, ah, and, okay. and 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 the and the coiny market's kind of like <laughs> bottom out in like a water slide. Yeah, Woo-hoo. but the kind that's actually there's not enough water, and it kind of burns your ass on the way down, and your thighs oh, the, and everything. There's definitely ass burning going on. Yeah. Um, so that's been happening. I don't know if that's anything related to the cat that can't decide if it wants to go inside or outside because he's very fond of those things as well. Um, meanwhile, uh, speaking of related things, um, Square Enix decided to basically sell pretty much its entire North American arm um, to help fund its investment in these kinds of things. Um <laughs> Uh, 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 I, uh, I, I genuinely find that funny because they announced, the, the, the announcement for that was the day before. Yeah, the day before the oh, everything's fucked and on fire. Yeah, the market has completely collapsed, and there's Square Enix saying we're going to sell all these things so we can get into magic JPEGs of monkeys mm. because this is a really good idea, and everyone says so. Oh, and prior to the fire stuff, I still remember hearing a story about how some people managed to lock themselves out due to how they'd written the uh, contract, as it were, in the code of a particular sale of terrible art, um, that they'd managed to write themselves out of the money made from any sales or something through code, and they they, they basically managed to not be able to get access to something like 34 million dollars oh that's a so, shame i mean if you if you keep doing stuff like that have certain um 
national government entities very pro stealing that stuff and various other bits and pieces all over the landscape, including some really dodgy wheeling and dealing at times by uh, exchange owners and you know, various things like that, you know, wallet sites and th- basically, I mean, it's it's not exactly set up to go well. I mean, there's, there's the whole thing of, um, I said about this uh, on Twitter pretty much when it happened, which was, it, it's very easy and also a lot of fun to, um, you know, point and laugh at people who, you know, have uh, been fucked over by something which we all saw from a million miles away. It's a bit like the, uh, the you know, there's a bloke selling, you know, definite Fabergé eggs down the pub for 50 quid a piece. Yeah. And it's like, I, I'm taking all my money out the bank so I can buy all these Fabergé eggs from the bloke down the pub. And everyone goes, no, that's a terrible idea. Really bad idea. And he goes ahead and does it anyway. And yeah, it happens. Uh, but it's it just, there was one set of JPEGs posted by a, a guy who you know, was posting up conversations of, you know, my wife keeps saying, when are you going to sell your crypto? And I'm saying never, because reach for the moon. And then there was a picture of, you know, of him, uh, you know, doing a toast with his missus. And, uh, you know, you know, faces covered up in emoji. And it's, you know, she'd leave me if she ever found out how much I spent on crypto. And then the next one was just him in absolute despair, you know, posting, I never thought this would happen, fuck. And it's just... I mean... It, 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 I mean... How, how, you know, how much of it is, in that specific example, and there will be many of us, I'm sure, it's like, you know, fine if you fuck about with your money, own money, and find out. That's your own stupid fault. But how much of yeah. her money? Uh yeah. And there will be a lot of other halves who have been caught out in this, because... The, the crypto bros are also, nothing can go wrong with this. It can only go up. And yes, there are going it's to be dips, but then you know it goes back up again. Mm. It's just, oh God, it's, it's just the, he deserves everything he gets and she does not. Yeah. I think it's worth pointing out that in terms of other forms of uh, marketplace, including the ones that are actually regulated, uh, in this country, at least, if you obviously uh, try to sign up for any form of stock trading or the um, types of ISA where you, it involves shares, uh, directly involved with your money, um, it, there is a warning, you know, like, yeah, was it like capital is at risk and stuff, <laughs> you know, uh, with these kinds of things, you know, like you, you could, you know, you could lose money as well as make it, you know, those, and, and that's because it's regulated. But this isn't. I think I'm done talking about this crap. These guys, they're crashing out. You know what? They're going to crash out of this podcast right now because I want to talk about some good news, Ooh. like the new Doctor Who. Which, good, which is good news. Good news. I mean, I'm, I'm still hugely mixed on Russell T. Davis coming back. Anything's going to be better than Chibnall at this point. This, um, this is true. This is definitely true. Um. And I'm super happy about um, that. I'm sorry if I'm about to butcher this lovely gentleman's name. Um, Shooty? 
I, I that's what I've read online. Sh- shady, and um, and we all know that nobody ever lies online. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, uh, I, I don't know his um, what's his surname? Is that asking? Is that asking you? I think it's Gatwa. Uh, yeah, the the guy that plays Eric in Sex Education, which is a fantastic show and a fantastic character. Yeah, yeah so Shoti Gatwa um, is going to be the new Doctor. Um, now, I've already heard disparaging conversations online and unfortunately in person um, about this choice. And I'm just like, I, I want to now say to anyone who wants to have the conversations about anything that refers to the, the gentleman's ethnic origins or the colour of his skin or um, potentially anything to do with his sexuality, mm. that you can all just talk to the motherfucking hand because their <laughs> face is not fucking listen well i mean to be fair i mean it might be just because uh facebook um has kind of created this echo chamber for me but for the most part i've i've seen mostly positive comments being like yeah he was awesome in sex education this is going to be awesome um Nobody I follow on Twitter has been super negative, but they have obviously yeah. quote tweeted people being assholes. I have, uh, so I think yeah. there was kind of a couple of, um, you know how Facebook recommends kind of um, like you know kind of uh, articles like uh, like news articles or you know whatnot. And I think that I've I've seen like some people on there being like, oh, it's you know basically a, to- a box ticking or uh, you know some other kind of like, oh, you know why couldn't they get you know. A, They've obviously kind of done it because always oh, is black, um, and it's like he's also a really good actor. And quite frankly, the fact that you cannot understand that somebody can be both black and a good actor is kind of telling on yourself there. But but also it the always fact is that, telling on them. But but also the fact that the timey wimey dot you know alien thing. That um, ages and de-ages uh, a drop of a what's it has two hearts and other intriguing internal organ situations. I, I think the issue of melatonin uh, count in the skin is um, less of a mystery here. You know, I mean, I th- than, I think, than the concept of re-fucking generation. I think part of the problem with um, the way that certain Doctor Who fans um, kind of see it is basically that. Um, you've got like doctors one to what is it thirteen or something like that as being like a white guy, so they're kind of assuming that basically, um, you know, they can't kind of change, uh, you know, the the color of their skin or you know to to it's... like a different gender or whatnot, and it's just like no, it's basically that the show has been written for the most part in you know a time when you kind of needed to have like a white guy in order to be taken seriously. And we don't have that anymore. Thankfully. Yeah. We've got a bit of variety. Yeah. It's, it's just, you've got a time traveling two hearted alien that travels in a magic box, which is bigger on the, you know, the inside than it is on the outside who changes into different people every, you know, few years. And there are people raising concerns that he's suddenly black. Yeah, just like they were people, uh, you know, who complained that you know suddenly a woman. So that's unrealistic. I mean, the, it's like uh, what? I mean, the, the, I mean, only some very like okay, the people that kind of are criticizing Russell T Davis's return are certainly not doing it based on the fact that the gentleman is one of the best gay show writers that we've got in the UK. They are literally doing it because they have issues with the Davies era. 
Um, but you know, with with, with their like because he's not like visibly out there and very visibly out there and, and, and white, like nobody's really said anything like about his appointment based on his sexuality, even though mm. he's known. And it's like, well, that seems to suggest to me that the issue is that, you, that the fans therefore have an issue with visible mm. difference or difference to the majority of canon, i.e. having obviously Whitaker as like the first woman doctor and I mean, having uh, Shoti as the first black doctor. I think the, the fact that, you know, the, the, the new uh, Doctor Who, uh, what, series, what series is he on, on for New Who? Now? Oh god, do like not ask me this. 13 or 14 or possibly even 15. I, I, I've that. lost count, but uh, you know, there, there will be periods where you've been like, ah, oh, you know, I didn't really like this particular season, or I absolutely hated this season. So it's kind of understandable that, you know, interest will kind of uh, you know wane a bit over time yeah. and then kind of come back potentially. So I'm kind of hoping that, you know, Doctor Who will uh, obviously kind of continue on. Um I, I do feel like um Russell T Davies was kind of poking the bear uh, a little bit with kind of um, in interviews with like talking about how um, basically the government um, want to, you know, privatize channel four and basically to, to go out and vote if you kind of want to change that. I think, I don't think the Tories are going to particularly like that. And I think that they will probably try and take Doctor Who off the air. There's there's a lot that the Tories don't like. And yeah, yeah. If if I haven't said this specifically in the past, and you know yeah. people who have listened and know me on Twitter will you know will already know that this is my sentiment. But fuck what the Tories think. I don't care. Hmm. Yeah, but I do feel like it is a bit of a risky one. Basically, sort of pretty much kind of saying go out and vote against Tories. Yeah, I, I, I mean, but I, he's he's also said no, things about the Dean Doris. Um, mm. Obviously, we talked about in a previous episode. Um, so yeah. Thankfully, the government can't cancel us. No, presently they can't. Um, at least, for, well, That's first true. of all, you know, um, did I saw earlier? I'm not sure if either of you two saw it, but there are uh, photos of David Tennant on the set of New Who. Oh, right, yes. Um, I, yes. As far as I can tell, I think it's a case of David Tennant and Catherine Tate are coming back for the sixtieth. Uh, special. I will say David Tennant, yay, Catherine Tate, oh God, no, why? I, I it depends because I, I get the feeling that basically the story that they're going to do with, you know, the, the 60th is obviously going to involve multiple doctors. I presume that means that they're going to set it in the uh, Catherine Tate era before she gets her noggin zonked. Technical term. <laughs> for her losing her mind because she's not meant to do anything to do, um, yeah, you know. I I will endeavour to view it with the you know through the lens of Donna, her character, and not in fact um, Catherine Tate, who just winds me up the wrong way. She just does. I think it's the the characters that she plays on TV that wind me up. I mean, I think Catherine Tate as like a person, you know, is you know probably going to be like anybody else to be honest but the characters that she you know kind of plays on tv are just like they're just irritating yeah but then else. also i've seen interviews and she i just don't like her fair enough oh but and anyway. i will say before we go on to another topic yeah um that my reservations about russell t davis returning as a writer is because 
of his sci-fi work. Because um, recently watched um, It's a Sin, mm. his latest series on you know, Channel 4, um, which is now available on Netflix, but up until now it was just available on all four. And that is yeah. absolutely fantastic. It's a brilliant series. Was also robbed at the recent BAFTA TV Awards. Yeah, just, just, that was bullshit. It's it's just it's it's one of the best series I've watched you know I've watched in quite a while, and it it was just a brilliant series, and it also went a long way to um, basically explaining the, you know the AIDS crisis in the eighties, mm. and the environment that it happened in. It just you know first of all if you haven't seen it it's a brilliant series, so I'm not sure if you two have seen it. We haven't. Not yet, we're, we're, but if it's yeah. on Netflix... It it's it recommended because, well. yeah, the, you yeah. know, my, my whole issue with, you know, watching it was it was on all four, and it's like, oh, God, the number of crashes mm. on that, it, it was just horrible. But it, no matter what you watch it on, it seems to be run from a browser, and it always has issues. But, yeah, it's on Netflix now, so you can watch it. No issues with, you know, browsers and, uh, you know, crashes, anything like that. It's right there. You can watch it. No adverts. Brilliant. You know, recommended. Go watch it. It's just, yeah. He. I would just prefer it if um, they took the approach of US series. You know, with the writers' room, mm. rather than um, the head writer more or less editing and rewriting everything that went through. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like stuff's got different writers, but he, the the head writer here, does seem to have a lot more of the. It's it's not an even power balance, like in comparison to yeah. a true writers' room set. Um, which reminds me, uh, for people wondering what a writers' room based UK show looks like, we have discussed it before in the podcast, but not for many years. Um, Green Wing. Which was produced by Channel Four for Channel Four. Um, the comedy series is an example of a British TV show that had a traditional US writers' room um, setup. Can you explain what one of those is? You literally have a room for the writers pushing ideas together, working together, and somebody will then take what's been discussed and go and write a you know, finished script. Basically, and there might and there might be some more interactions and stuff. Because if I remember rightly, in the American style uh, writers' room, uh, you'd have like that, you know, kind of coming together, bouncing ideas off each other and whatnot. But then you'd have it so that each of the writers writes like one or two particular episodes of that season based upon the um, the ideas that you come up with. Yeah, but everyone gets together. Whereas the the who side, you you don't. The writers tend to be in isolation. You know, Mm. well, obviously. Chipped on this previous case, but obviously whoever's the lead writer is yeah. the one that's been herding all the cats, yeah. but not letting everyone talk to each other. I mean, I do think that what was it uh, the uh, series of heroes? I think I vaguely remember hearing somewhere that they had a slightly different setup where they still had the writers' room, but um, each writer basically took um, 
like one of the characters and basically made the arc from that. So it was, mm. you know, mm. mind you, the way the show fits together, it kind of you can see that in how yeah. you, you watch the Be- show. Yeah, because basically it was just so loosely fitting and kind of came together quite nicely at the end of season one. So quite nicely, I still felt a little bit underwhelmed by it. Mm. Um, and then kind of season two and season three happened, and basically, yeah, it was kind of same again, where it was basically like more like loose threads. Um, than it was uh, like a cohesive, you know, narrative or story. You'd think that with everyone, because it's mostly British writers working on British shows, you'd think mm. with everybody lives, lives, uh, living relatively closer to each other compared to what you find in somewhere like the US, that you'd get people in a room together more often, pre-pandemic <laughs> at least, but, um, you know, apparently not. Um, personally, I'd like to see more shows try it out. I mean, cut. I think one of the things that I disliked about um, Russell T. Davies's era is sometimes the kind of almost uh, Deus Ex Machina, yeah. um, you know, story. Like, say, for example, the end of season three with Harold. Sa- the Harold Saxon twist was, you know, brilliant to begin with, mm. but then when basically he waved his sonic screwdriver, aged um, the Doctor, and then somehow. Martha, you know, kind of doing this thing where, you know, the belief in the Doctor de-aged him and whatnot. That yeah. that was just like, what? But you know what? At least it that, wasn't a that, grain of rice. That, that was mostly just, oh, what the fuck am I watching? Oh, God, why? Mm. What, what do you mean by the grain of rice? That's my issue with Moffat's uh, writing, is that you're trying to find the plot points. Right, yeah. And they are like grains of motherfucking rice. I, I think Moffat um, is kind of like J.J. Abrams in the sense that he liked to basically, um, you know, kind of create mysteries and whatnot. But the only problem is that he didn't really like to wrap it up that well. Like, you know, the whole, you know, oh, what's the name of the Doctor? And it's just like, that just never got, never got answered, even though it was like, a, mm-hmm. you know, a season arc. <laughs> it's like, what? That's, Yeah. And for, for what it's worth, you know, I know that there's a lot of Whovians out there that absolutely hated Chibnall for changing the origin of the Doctor. I kind of like it, and I hope that they stick with it, because I don't like it. I, I prefer it when, uh, you know, new um, kind of people that come on board uh, to take over adapt what's come before, rather than basically just saying, nope, nope, that didn't happen. Because then, where, where does it end? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I do wonder if um, Davis is going to, you know, retcon some of these bits. It's, I mean, it's possible. I really hope that he doesn't. I really hope that he comes up with, you know, a much more interesting kind of, you know, way to, way to take it. But, I mean, like, say, for example, you know, um, with the, the Chibnall thing, with um, find uh, the Doctor finding that... Um, Oh, was it the, the watch or pocket watch type thing that contains like mm. her, you know, previous lives, memories and whatnot. And, you know, you're kind of eager to kind of, you know, find out more about it, but instead she just, you know, tosses it in the TARDIS equivalent of the waste disposal or, you know, a lockbox to, you know, never see again. And it's just like, yeah, you've got this far. Just <laughs> no, I, I, I have a feeling he won't, he'll really, you know, um, not trying to hide that, he'll just run with it. Hmm. Because he's that seems to be the kind of um, you know, Whovian he is. 
Because you know, I'm, I've never for a moment, um, you know, dismissed the idea that he's, you know, he's really into who. He just seems to like the things which I've not liked about the writing. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Fair, fair. <laughs> um, I, I also um, didn't particularly like the, um, was it the 50th special? The way that they kind of seem to bounce around from one scenario to the other, to the other, um, and then kind of leave everything, like, kind of not quite closed up. Like uh, yeah. like what was it? I think there was that um thing with the um those uh the shape shifting aliens. Yeah. And yeah, that going kind of wrong. Uh, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, I, I think I want to move us on to another set of time travelers at this point and um talk <laughs> about uh Star Trek Picard season two. Well, to be honest, I mean it wasn't just uh, Star Trek Picard, but uh yeah, but that that time travel. So, gentlemen, I, I mean, I, I I have the feeling that um that Retroid is basically gonna trash. Mm-hmm. Picard season two. Mm-hmm. I kind of like it. I I have significant issues. Fair, fair. I um, who, who wants to go first? Shall I or shall you? Uh, if you can go first. Okay, that's fine. Um, right. Basically, I think the entire series seemed like a first draft that somehow made it into the filming schedule. And there's really enough story in there for a two-parter or a three-parter. And there's so much... It really suffered from trying to fill it out into a full season when there really wasn't um, enough to play with and i mean as as an example jesus christ the you know the whole thing with um i've forgotten names now but um captain lad who um you know got taken in by ice and ended up in ice detention and oh, oh rios yeah yeah rios thank you uh, you know the whole th- the whole thing with um and him being taken into detention and then being on the truck to be taken to Mexico and, you know, being sprung by, you know, Seven and Rafi. That was never referenced again. That kind of happened and then Rios is fine with it and there's no explanation and there's no, oh, it turns out that one of the other prisoners that was released was the future Cal Noonien Singh or anything like that. It's just, it, it's never referenced again. It just seems to be there with the, we want to do a bit of, you know, positive, you know, political observation with um, ice is bad, but then it's never you know, there's never anything spun off from that. And that just really annoys Yeah, because it was kind of weird, because after that experience, Rios was like, no, I still want to stay in this timeline with this woman that I've grown fond of and her son um, to have a life together, even though if they stay in North America, or at least in the United States, that what he previously experienced is still a risk. Yeah. I mean, I do feel like they could probably fix that with some sort of like shenanigans regarding like if at the beginning, I don't know Rios kind of referenced like you know this this person that you know thought in history was actually like really really cool and like you know 
that 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 seem to actually go out and help people. Yeah. It it's it's just you know that there's so much which is if they sat down in this season and they refined it and they worked into things which had been done before. Uh I you know, I would be a lot happier with it, but it it just seemed to be there were lots of things that happened and then that was it. It does make me wonder if they actually restructured it based around like each um person having their own episode, whether it would actually have worked better. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I- like like these like say say for example having like the first two episodes being as they are, uh, and then they kind of fall to earth, and then you take over from like you know half the Picard story, then you go on to you know Seven story, and you know Agnes's story, and you know even like um was it uh Adam Sung's story and you know stuff like that 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 I think that could have actually worked a bit better. There, there are so many things. It's it's like they it seemed to be we signed on these actors. We need to use them for something. Mm. So why on earth was um, you know, Data's daughter there? It just seemed to be you know we we you know we've got yeah. her, we've got her signed up. We'll we'll make her the you know this real Sung's daughter, except not mm. as it turns out. And it's, it's yeah, just, yeah. you know, the whole thing with him, you know, screwing around with genetics, I was absolutely fine with that. That, you know, that made sense because, you know, you're leading into the eugenics wars. You, you know, you're getting into all the, you know, people, you know, monkeying around with genetics. And it makes sense that, you know, the, even in, you know, in TNG era, Soong is not respected, is he? Is 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 a crackpot, you know, family of crackpot geniuses. Mm. Yeah. So... That's fine, but it's just that whole thing seemed to be there because you wanted Brent Spiner, and I'm sorry, I you know I forget the actress's name, but you know you, you want them there as continuity from uh, in the season one. I mean, I definitely feel like it was a mistake to reuse that actress um, in that role. Yeah, and uh, um, the, the thing it is, it always suggests that the facial design is almost genetic memory at this point. Mm. I mean, yeah, there wasn't and, even any reference to that, was there? I mean, I, no, I that, get that, the fact, mean, uh, you know, maybe yeah. it would be, you know, somewhat, you know, um, she would be a beloved uh, mother or aunt who died, mm. and that's why. You know, he recreated her. There wasn't anything like yeah, that. Yeah. It, it was just, yes, you're definitely my daughter, and you happen to look the same two hundred years into the future. Well, sorry, four hundred years into the future. I know. Maybe it's just you know, sort of like the Sung's genetic code. Considering that all of the Sung's throughout time have mm. basically looked like Brent, Brent Spiner as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I do feel like <sighs> uh, obviously. I feel like it was kind of um, a good component for um, Adam Sung's um, story, basically, because it just made him that much more of like an evil asshole. Like at first you're thinking basically that he's just kind of worried about his, you know, daughter. Yeah. But it actually yeah. turns out that he's worried about his legacy and he doesn't give a shit about his daughter. Yeah, yeah, that, also, I, I liked he, he, that he aspect, which was you know the whole thing of yeah. it's like yes, I'm wanting to cure my daughter, and then when it you know the first thing was it it was damned obvious to me that she wasn't you know especially with the I've never seen a picture of my mother. He said that's because you don't have one. 
you know, so it was it was clear to me from you know, from the off, maybe because I've not watched so much sci-fi and track and things like that, that it's it's just, you know, she was obviously a creation. But hmm. not in that era, it wouldn't be an Android creation. It would be, you know, a genetic yeah. creation. But you know, there wasn't more explanation put out there for her. Yeah. I my my aside from the trying to protect his legacy thing though, how how protecting his legacy kind of evened up with like the diabolical co-planning and execution with Q kind of yeah. lost me a little bit because it's like right, right so you're you are so hell-bent that you're happy for the earth to become completely fucked yeah well i mean to be fair though i mean the like the information that adam got was pretty much a case of like you know you are going to do great things however picard is a threat to that because he doesn't want you know you to mm. do great things there wasn't anything about you know sort of like trying to you know save the save the world or make it a better place to live type thing well no but there was that kind of like a hint that obviously like by the the mission that was it europa missing was that mm. what it was called whatever it was uh renee's mission uh succeeding um that his career would like come to a literally yeah. stop it's just yeah. like what and also that he was gullible enough to believe that, like the supposed intelligent man. Yeah, I mean, the thing yeah. is, though, is that, I mean, obviously he's an intelligent man, but he had just been shown up by this person that had literally just shown up. Mm. Um, so I, I kind of, you know, I suppose intelligence trusts intelligence-ish. Mm. I know, it's, yeah, I mean, like, like um, Retroid said, um, it felt like it could have been like a first draft that they just kind of stuck with. Um, I, I do really kind of dig the duality that um, uh, Jurati had with uh, the Borg Queen, though. Yeah, I want to talk about that. <laughs> First of all, I'm ignoring some of the Borg Queen interplay in the, you know, in the season itself because I found some of that quite bad. I don't have a problem with the idea that Jurati would become the Borg Queen. Spoilers, by the way. <laughs> Should say that. <laughs> yeah. But um, my issue with that is, you know, the whole thing of, oh, so she turned up in the first episode and she played non-regret Rian. And, you know, Picard look up. Or Jean-Luc look up. You know, why didn't she just appear without a, a mask? And then, you know, Picard would have gone, fucking hell, that's Jurati. And then um, she would have there's, said, there's, "Yeah, there's a big time timey wimey thing behind me," and it, he would he would have gone, "Oh right, that explains it. I will, you know, what do you want? Shall I, you know, um, you know, give you the fleet command codes, and then we we can solve the thing in you know less than fifteen minutes." But no, well, I mean, it, it has to be she she has the masks, she plays the music in the computer, and she says that thing, and it has to be oh, you know, because uh, you know, Picard works that out at the end. It's like you know, come on. It, it's a little bit them eagles versus the volcano in a certain uh, trilogy of films and novels. Oh, right. Um, well, I mean, because the only way that Jurati could be there is for them to go back in time in the first place. So it kind of, it's, yeah, it's a bit of a closed loop system. Yeah. Time travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I know it's a bit of a crappy tell, kind of tell, reason, tell, but tell, I mean, tell th- me I mean. That, that makes sense. But it's it's just, why not just turn up and go, oh, look, it's Drowdy as the Bog Queen. Because we can already work out that she looks different from the Bog Queen, because for a start, she's got a helmet on. Why has she got a helmet? It takes 10 episodes to show that. <laughs> yeah, I think that was that reveal was more for the um, the audience than it was <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the story. Rather it than, didn't um, yeah. make sense. It's just, personally, if I was in that situation where if I was a scientist who time-travelled into the past and then you know became the Borg Queen and such, and if I wanted to, you know, in you know, get the help of my former friends, then I would turn out without a fucking mask. I, I just was, is it Elnor? Elnor. I think got the worst deal in this season. Yeah, basically he was in the first two episodes, then bam, and then kind of Kept come back freezer. as a hologram uh, kind of later on, uh, and then was like, yay, resurrected again. Yay. <laughs> So yeah, I, I, that was a shame because I did actually quite like Elnor as a character, and I think that that could have been like an interesting, you know, kind of thing if he actually have survived and you know, just kind of was was kind of there in in our. It, past, it would have I been think. nice to see somebody as still immature as him handling the setup that they had to mm. deal with. Um. I, I think I'm going to move us on from talking okay. about Star Trek, unless there's another, yeah. is there a different bit of Star Trek you want to talk about that isn't Picard? Yes, the fact that basically um, Strange New Worlds has launched in America and it's not arrived in the UK yet because we're still having to wait until Paramount Plus is coming, which is meant to be, what, 22nd of June or something? For fuck's sake. Yo, ho, yeah. fiddle de dee. Being a pirate is just all like, right with me. <laughs> Do what yeah. you want because a pirate is free. You are a pirate. <laughs> Dave Internet, eh? Dave Internet, I have seen the first two episodes of Strange New Worlds. Fair, fair. I am looking forward to watching them. Um, I'm trying to avoid spoilers. Um, and I, I kind well, of want to... likes to make that really fucking hard. Yes. Like, for, for a, uh, a British-based media... Um, Site. Yes. Channel. Yeah, channel. Um, they generally tend to basically um, spoiler things based upon American dates rather than the UK ones. And so, like, say, for example, they started doing, like, the ups and downs of, like, uh, Star Trek Prodigy. Yeah. And that was, like, well before, you know, the UK even had it on Nickelodeon. And it was just like, right, okay, thanks. But, uh, you know, even, like, the um, the thumbnails that you put up are spoilerific. Yeah. And considering that they were actually spoiling it for UK fans in the sense of um, like even like stuff like Picard, yeah, uh, where they would stick up a spoilerific, um, you know, image on the front there, um, and that was like before you could legitimately watch it in the UK. Like that, I think that at times it was um, before you could actually watch it in the US as well. Like the, the, that uh, bad. maybe a screenshot of the first episode where Gerard is the Bog Queen. Mm. <laughs> they are more spoilerific. That basically, if. I can't imagine any of them use Reddit because most fa- fandom subreddits for like TV shows and everything like that would usually have like you must use spoiler tags and mm. not give away plot points and titles and tag stuff as spoilers, blah blah kind of. Or for example, if it came to um, you know Star Wars: The Book of Boba Fett, maybe don't post up a photo of R two D two and Luke. Yeah, which which is like. 
Thanks. I didn't know that was going to happen. You wanker. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm kind of a bit slightly peeved off about Strange New Worlds. I mean, they had to launch, um, you know, Paramount Plus at some point, And I know that it's going to be like back-to-back Star Trek for a while. Yeah. I think. Because, like, after Strange New Worlds, you're going to have... Um, is it Prodigy Season 2 or is it um, Lower Deck Season 3? But yeah, I think it's basically d- designed well, to be as kind well, of. Well, I know. hope that with the launch of Paramount Plus in the UK, that they fucking sync up the release dates with the US side because else it's still going to be a pointless piece of shit. Um, basically, on that front. Oh, yeah, I mean, put it this way if we get um, Paramount Plus and we, we start at like literally, you know, episode one of um, Strange New Worlds and America's on like episode seven, then it's going to be like, well, screw you too. That just means that people are going to pirate it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, um, it's just if I know because well, first of all, you've just explained perfectly the problem because you have not only the fans who will watch these things and they don't want to talk about it as soon as they've watched it, but there's a whole industry in you know publishing articles about these things as they've just happened. Yeah. So you're going to get spoiled. So yeah. if you're wanting to avoid that, of course you're going to watch it any means you can. Mm. And I am not going to spoil anything about the first two episodes of Strange New Worlds. But I will say I am very happy with it. It works very well because it's more like the episodic track that you know I grew up with. And that's not a, he's better in the old days kind of thing. It's the there, you know, there are things which are running through, you know, the two episodes of you know watch uh, you know I've seen so far, mm. but they're not feeling the need to drag it out to the whole season. There are you know there okay. are things which are referenced, but the two episodes which we've had so far have been entirely self-contained, and you could watch them just as is. Okay. So I, I I can understand like a mix of mix of like uh, arcs. Like say for example, if you have like a mini arc with like a character development or character relationship over like three episodes, but each one of those episodes are like you know episodic. I think that would, that would work quite well. Yeah, I just I just don't like the very very formulaic like everything goes back to normal at the end of the episode type thing. That that just kind of feels like it's you know yeah a bit too safe of a universe. In certain respects, yeah, yeah, I get, I get what you mean, but um, there are times that I, you know, I think, or for example, both seasons of Picard have suffered from having to drag one's, you know, one big story out to the, you know, the whole season. Fair. Um, I, I do wish they would just have a season which was however long that they wanted. You know, if something, you know, if they wrote something and it's like, hell's bells, that's a lot of episodes, you know, and it needed 20 episodes, great. If it just needed 10, great. If it, if it could result, be resolved in three or four, fantastic. I'm happy with that. Because then you could just have another season right after that, which would be, you know, um, you know, however many episodes that needed. But yeah, I mean, a lot of the American uh, series kind of did it where they had like, uh, when they have like the gap in the middle and it's, it's like, you know, kind of two 
separate arcs or you know arcs that kind of joined in certain respects like one naturally kind of follows on from the other but it is like uh you know an arc by itself that you know those are you know quite good yeah I know it's I suppose to a certain extent it's kind of um finding the best way of uh, doing it to please everybody which is obviously going to be very difficult but it doesn't help with you know people turning around and saying oh new trek's terrible because you know it's you know like basically you know everything's kind of completely arced and there's no like individual episodes and whatnot. Said, well and the yeah. thing is you know we, you could point to there were individual episodes in discovery that were, you know, they were, it's like, you know, there was the Tilly with the, uh, the cadets episode, yeah. or there was the, you know, um, Burnham, um, and I, sorry, I forget her name because unfortunately a lot of the characters in Discovery have been so ill-defined. Hmm. Well, you got Detma, Uwu. It, it will be, um, um Owo. Awoken. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, there was the episode with you know with them two trying to get the information from a you know a broker. Yeah, uh, you know, and um, a you know fighting. So you know that you could say that was a you know a very definite episode. But yeah, it's just you know it's all in a larger arc, and not everything yeah. has to be. Again, it's I mean, the, I not think... not everything has to be a threat to the galaxy or existence. I think um, the, the one one thing with Discovery's arcs is that basically there's no kind of it felt like there's no time in between the episodes. Yeah. So like the the arc kind of goes to I don't know say for example episode one two three four five and six um, and basically the the problem that happens at the end of um, you know season one is continue. Uh, episode one is continued into season two and the problem from uh the end of season t- uh, episode two is continued into episode three and so so on and so forth um and it doesn't feel like there's um a breather in there yeah like that that like that it's all well and good having like a a kind of overarching story but you don't have to have it so that you know it's kind of dashing to the next objective yeah as it were. yeah 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 it's just the it can just be as it is hmm but um, yeah, that is definitely something which I'm I'm enjoying about Strange New Worlds. First of all, the cast mm. is excellent. The expanded cast is excellent, um, and yeah, it's it's just I I like that there are things which are just you know they are there in the in the episode they are worked through they are solved. And you know, with the format as it is now, it will be referenced in future. But it's not something which is, you know, only partly done. Hmm. That's fair. I mean, and it's 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 entirely, you know, possible to like multiple Star Treks for different reasons. Um, and you know, nobody's kind of claiming that any of the Star Treks have to be perfect. You know. Yeah. Sometimes it's just about, you know, sitting down and watching them. And I, I think sometimes people nowadays, they sit down, watch something in the wrong state of mind and just, you know, kind of go, oh, no, this is shit. And then never watch it again. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, if you would sit down like on a different day and actually, um, you know, begin to watch it, there might be, uh, you know, certain things that you uh, didn't pick up the first time around that make more sense the second time around. Well, you know, as, we've, we've kind of got because uh, we've obviously got this kind of streaming and um, rewatching culture now. 
Um, it's it's there's there's always kind of intricacies in the storyline and the episodes um, where it's kind of better off on like a second or third viewing. Yeah, I mean there are um, you know a, a recent example that I can think of um is we were recently you know it it just kind of happened but i thought you know it's it's in good timing with you know obi-wan you know coming up on disney um hmm. we've rewatched all the star wars movies except what we've done is we've gone for fan edits okay so um, we searched out the best-rated fan edit- edits for the original prequels. So we're watching them in chronological order rather than story order, if you know what I mean. Okay, so it's yeah. not the machete order. And it's, um, it improved the prequels, but they're still much worse than the original. Hmm. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> It, it it just it, it improved the prequels, but um you 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 can't fix what's there. They're still clearly not well thought out because Lucas was you know again surrounded by you know yes men. Um, but it's got rid of a lot of the bad dialogue. It's snipped out um you know all the hijinks and antics of the droids, for example. Because if you remember, there was the whole thing with C three PO getting, you know, uh, his head being put on a droid body, uh, you know, and blah blah yeah. blah, and it's all this, you know, bollocks that went on. It didn't fit anything. It was just the ha ha ha. Won't it be fun? The kids will love it. It's like no, everyone hates it. <laughs> but you know, those were no longer in there. But yeah, it 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 held together better. But Anakin still came across as a you know creepy work. I mean, that's that's kind of part of his character. To a certain extent, yeah, Un- it's uncomfortable to watch, but I-, I presume it's meant to be uncomfortable to watch. It's either that, or you know, that Lucas is even worse. Than, I th- I know. think he just can't write female characters because there's a pronounced difference between you know, there's a whole machinations of uh, you know, Padme Amadala mm. in the first film, and you know. It actually turns out she's, you know, she's the queen, and it, it's her double, which is incidentally Kira Knightley. That's weird. Um, you know who plays the queen in most of it, but it's yeah, it's Amidala who, you know, who's the, um, you know, the handmaiden, you know, blah blah blah, and it's oh, no one expected that apart from why, why are they talking to the handmaiden so much and never the queen? <laughs> but yeah, the, yeah, you know, there's this whole thing, and yeah, uh, you know, stuff. Like um, his slaughtering of the sand people, that actually comes off worse now that I've watched Boba Fett, because the sand people are humanized more. You know, they're no longer just the you know the primitive tribe that kill people on Tatooine. You know, they're actually given more of a you know more of yeah. a story in you know Boba Fett. But um, yeah, you know all that kind of thing, and then um, yeah, the sink to the dark side. The original um, movies, the original trilogy is still best, but yeah, we also watched the fan edits of the, uh, you know, the sequel movies, and yeah, they're, they're not great. But, you know, I I persuaded my other half to watch Rogue One, which they did not get on with for some reason the first time I watched it. And hmm. I said, if you're watching them in chronological order, Rogue One comes right before 
the original Star Wars and New Hope. Yeah. So you know we watch it in our, that order, and you know we'll see what it's like because bloody hell, if we're watching you know the Rise of Skywalker at the end and we're watching the prequel movies, we can watch Rogue's One. Come on. So it it was agreed, and we did. And um, they said that okay, yeah, re, you know, reappraised Rogue One for some reason, just did not get on on with it the first time, and you know, really liked it this time. And it seemed like it was part of the original movies, so you could watch Rogue One quite happily, and then watch you know, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and in and be happy with them as four movies that fit together, other than yeah. the terrifying reanimated corpses that they have. <laughs> Like um, Grand Moff Tarkin or you know Peter Cushion. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. That still does not work. No, but yeah, excellent film. But it's it's the whole you know you can go back and you can reappraise something. Now sometimes you just bounce off it. Sometimes it does not strike you right. I've had a few games you know that have uh, you know I've had that with like you know the first time I played Halo did not get on with. It. First time I played Goldeneye on N sixty four did not get on with it. But I went back, and they they suddenly clicked, and it was like, oh, now I get it. Hmm. So yeah, anyway, okay. that that that's that's my definition. That's right. So I think the next thing that we should move on to um, is uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which we've seen at the cinema. It was great. I really enjoyed it. So for those who don't know, um, Sam Raimi uh, directed it, but the script was by the guy who did the script for um, something else Marvel-related. All right. Didn't yeah. realise that. Um, I feel like it might be one of the people behind Loki or Wanda. Ah, right, okay. Loki or Wanda. That, that, would, obviously make, yeah. uh, that would obviously make sense because it um, does tie into those. It, it's very much a, a, a rainy film. You see a lot of his... Like a lot of him in the the direction choices taken and the the use of physicality and 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 body in it li- quite literally um, at times. Don't really want to massively spoil it, but um, it's um, it's going to be one of my fave Marvel films. Oh really? Yeah, up there. Up there with uh, what was it, Captain America? Captain America, the uh, Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier it will remain my top. Favorite Marvel film, but he's he's got into the top ten. The that's fair. That's fair. Um, what I liked was some of the references to Rumi's own work that are in it. Um, and I would say that even though they were still obviously riffing off of lore that's existed in the comic books before, I would say that uh, they gave it a bit of a Rumi twist in terms of how they handled the, the horror-esque element to it. If anyone's got anyone under under 12, under 12 that they want to take to see it, um, I would say that this is perhaps the, the first mainstream Marvel as in like Ghost Rider or something where it's kind of like that 12A certificate is doing a lot of work. Oh yeah. <laughs> and and um, I would seriously question taking a kid who's like under 10 to see it um like uh, be prepared to like properly talk to them about stuff afterwards or before and before perhaps to to warn them um if you need further details it is worth pointing out even though we hate them at times that the bbfc when it does do ratings for films does include descriptions 
of potential stuff that could cause issues for mm, viewers. Fair, yeah. So it, it would be worth looking up if you're cons- if you're a parent listening to this and you're concerned about your kid, like it, it would be worth checking what the B what is you know what the BBFC done for notes for the film on their website. So yeah, obviously, um, what is it? That, it got banned in China, didn't it? As if it, it's either it got banned or it got edited because there was, you know, a bit of gay in it, you know. Well, yeah, possibly. I mean, I know that um, America. I think Travis... it was banned. Wasn't it banned in Saudi Arabia? I'd be surprised, but um, yeah, obviously, um, America Chavez wears a um, LGBT um, pin badge all the way through, and she has mums. Yeah. So, you know, got to ban that apparently. Um, which is a shame, but not to be unexpected. I, I I am so glad that the I mean I don't know whether it's a spo- well, it's not really a spoiler because he didn't appear in it because there were a whole oh there was a whole freaking okay we're going to dispel this now there was a whole goddamn rumor that freaking Tom Cruise was going to yeah. appear in it as some kind of variant Tony Stark or some bullshit. Um, even though the the practicalities of that were actually pretty impossible because. If, I'm not sure if anyone's been paying attention to what Cruz has been doing since the uh, pandemic apocalypse has been going on. But he's actually been doing a lot of freaking filming for a lot of other stuff. Um, Dude's been working a lot. Um, so it would have been impossible for him to really make an appearance. Mm. But oh no, the, the rumour mill was going. Also the fact that the dude almost never appears in anything Disney related. Um, even though obviously Disney put Fox, but he doesn't seem to have been brought back into the into the relationship since that purchase. Um, so yeah, we can dispel that rumor. You're not going to see Tom Cruise there. I mean, you see cooler people instead. Yeah. I, I feel like there has been a recent thing in Marvel films where it's been like they kind of spoiler some things in the um, trailer, and Lots if you've seen things, yeah, um, but. There's always like some surprises left behind that they don't spoiler, which is kind of you know an they, interesting way of doing. And they managed it with this one. Yeah. Um, where, where there are where there are you know things that you know um, we we shan't spoil. <laughs> I mean, if if people who who were old enough and really like how dare you the second <laughs> the second Doctor Strange, if you have never watched any of the Evil Dead films. Or the Darkman films. Um, I suggest watching those if you're like, oh, I want to see more Raimi that's like this. Basically. That that would be my suggestion. And it's worth pointing out that Spider-Man was not Raimi's first comic book star movie. Mm, yeah, good point. Darkman would be. That, that, um, that was a... I'm never sure whether that's a good, bad or a bad, good film. It's It's a bad good film yeah like it's really cheesy and shit but to be fair it's no less cheesy than it's uh, contemporaries which is like the Burton Batmans like that that's that is it's comparison for like what it was was made near around the time keep in mind that that those films are like a result of like Raimi not getting the Batman gig so (laughs) Um, we missed out on Raimi Batman. I think this is something that people need to remember. We missed out on Raimi Batman. Uh, 
And then another film, which I don't think is going to be in cinemas anymore, but once it gets to on demand or like on disc and stuff, would definitely be worth people's time. The unbearable weight of uh, massive talent. Nicolas Cage's latest film is absolutely hilarious, meta-filled madness in it itself. Um, if you like Cage films, is, is, is that the documentary or? No, no, it's it's like a it it's a film within a film type thing. Mm. Um, he kind he plays himself uh, alongside uh, Pedro Pascal um, as uh, one of the char- film's main characters. Um, so yeah, Cage is playing himself, playing himself. <laughs> okay. It's it, um yeah <laughs> um. I mean, if Nicolas Cage was going to write a film about himself, this feels like it would be it. But well, it, see, it, it, it it's, this tracks. Yeah, like if you haven't seen many Cage films, you're probably not going to get much of it. But if you've seen like at least three or five of his films over the years, you'd probably appreciate it, especially if it's been some of the classics. It's it's basically definitely a film for Cage fans. But would would this, would that make it a cage match? <laughs> it's also probably one of the most sweetest um, buddy movies. Oh yeah, it really is. Actually, it's a really sweet buddy movie. It's just like oh, um, with elements of intrigue, comedy, action. Um, it it, it has a, sh- a smorgasbord of those genres packed. Yeah. inside it actually which is quite cool um elements of thriller as well you know you know it's got a bit of everything going for it and it doesn't take itself too seriously at mm, all mm. like you know obviously um you can imagine like hollywood actors making films about their own lives and it being like super serious and it's like this is really super serious what what was the um film that was made about the um Wizzo and the room Oh, um, what was it called again? Oh, geez, that's uh, was it James Franco's and Seth? Well, what I want to say is this film's better than that for a similar sort of like thing, but obviously they weren't them. Yeah, Cage is playing himself. Yeah, yeah, as it were. Um, so yeah, um, so yeah, that that that's something people should watch when they get the chance. That's all I want to say. Um, I, I don't think I've got anything else. Oh, you know what? I should point out I did finish watching Elementary in the past week. Um, the final season is like a 13-episode rather rushed finale season. Yeah. With a few loose ends, but they ended it um, on a reasonable note. Um, that we got a bit ridiculous towards the end in terms of um, the grandiosity of what was going on. I swear that there's always something a bit weird sometimes. Well, I say always something weird about it sometimes. Mm. But sometimes there's, you know, like a weird feeling with like the, the last season of, you know, a show. Like, I think always, I think they yeah. knew it was their last season, but I'm yeah, not yeah. sure if they knew it was their last season and they were only getting 13 episodes. Right, okay, yeah. Whereas like previous seasons they'd had over 20. Yeah. 
So, so they might have thought that they had more time to wrap everything up. Yeah. I could see how that could be a, an issue. Yeah. Like half a season, essentially. Um, but I would say, despite that, despite all of that, it's still way more fun to watch than um, Sherlock by Moffat. Sorry. Really. <laughs> okay. No, sorry. I, I, I kind sorry, of predicted I, that, but... Uh... Yeah, like... Um, Ha, yeah, having seen both now, um, Elementary is a much more fun portrayal of the character of um, Sherlock Holmes, uh, and obviously like the idea of John Watson, but you know it's Jane Watson. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's my just wanted to point out. Fair. For, for those who are in the UK and wondering where the hell to watch it, though, it's currently on Amazon Prime in the UK. Don't know if it's on anything else. It might be, um, but that's one of the reasons why. Because I tried watching it before, as I've said in mm. previous episodes, and I like didn't get that far through it, and I was determined to finish watching it before. But you know, something like Amazon basically doesn't have it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, if it was on Netflix, then I'd be more worried because you know Netflix seemed to be, um, yeah, they chop and change stuff a lot more. Yeah, it feels like it at least. Mm. All these stuff people love. Yeah. Oh, but there is some stuff coming up on Netflix this coming month or so. You got new Stranger Things uh, on Netflix, and I think something else. But you know what? I'm actually looking forward to more than Stranger Things season four, which is the final season of Stranger Things. Even though I finally watched all of the mm. previous Stranger Things, um, I'm actually looking forward to season three of The Boys on Amazon more. You right. trade for that drop today, so. And it has nothing to do with Jen Snackles. It has. I was into the first two seasons. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. And I've actually read some of the comics back in the day when I still used to read a lot of comics. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I was into it before I was... I, I experienced the boys before I'd experienced Supernatural. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realise that the comics of the boys had been going on for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were they were massively going. When we is were it sleeping. still is it still going? Uh, unsure, but they were like I read some of them before, whilst we were in like the heyday of like Comographic Novel Group and before it. Hmm. So you know. So yeah, anyway, um, that that's all my things to add that aren't Star Trek or Doctor Who. And because this isn't meant to be a catch up episode no, per se, not. this is a we're still alive episode. <laughs> for now and a bit of a chatty about um, sci-fi stuff mm. yeah okay uh, so uh, that's all we've got time for uh, this week so it's good night from it's good night from Paul I'm retroid on Eurogamer.net and super retroid on Twitter it's good night from me Paul Blewett and I'm on Twitter's at Paul Blewett and it's good night for me, Emily King. I'm on Twitter at EMKingMA. You can find notes for this episode over at www.nerdsassemble.co.uk. We're on Twitter at Nerds Podcast. We're on Facebook as Nerds Assemble Podcast. We're available on a whole host of freaking podcast streaming services. Um, in fact, if there's one we're not on and you'd like us to be on, you like tweet us or something, and we'll um, see what we can do about it as long as it's not owned by some megalomaniac or something. Um, 
<laughs> it's a risk these days. Um, but um, yeah, uh, that, that's all we've got time for. So uh, good night. Good night, guys. Why did Q get the card run over if he likes him so much? Obviously, he also confirmed the fact that that ship is a ship, for sure. Oh, that hug, that that I mean, that brought tears to Q's eyes. I I think there was reach around. I I haven't seen anything so blatant since um, Garrick and Bashir, you know. <laughs> oh my. <laughs>